Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to the American Age podcast. My name is C. Travis Webb, editor of the American Age, and I am speaking to you from Southern California. Seth, Stephen? Good afternoon, good evening, good morning. Uh, uh, this is Seth Rodney. I am currently in the South Bronx, and I am currently an editor at Hyperlogic. I don't expect that to, to change anytime soon, actually. Um, and I'm an, an adjunct faculty member at Parsons in the New School. And my name is Stephen G. Forward, and I must say my full name all the time because that's just how it is. Um, <laughs> I'm coming to you from a, like a, a Harlem. I'm coming from you from a gray Harlem right now. Mm -hmm. And I am the co-founder of the Nomadic Archivist Project. Look it up, nomadicarchivistproject.com. Mm. Mm. It's, it's a good name. Uh, we uh, Just before we started the podcast, uh, Stephen and Seth were riffing on uh, Donald Trump and Rick James. Mm. Uh, it's pretty funny. So, uh, so if, we ever, if we ever get popular enough to have an outtakes episode, maybe we'll, <laughs> we can use that for something. That'd be fun. Uh, That'd be fun. Right. So um, today uh, is we're going to talk about Thanksgiving, mm -hmm. um, our Thanksgiving episode. And uh, we, I thought, we would do something somewhat hokey. Um, it's probably not, uh, is not how I feel about it, but it is how uh, it could be described in certain circles that I am familiar with. Mm. And that is, uh, i.e., I, I, I iTunes. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's right. <laughs> this is the hokey is, episode, right? <laughs> uh, right, right, right. Uh, is to just to actually practice thanks right. um, and for each of us to kind of have a conversation um, and uh, use the moment of intellectual intimacy that we try to practice um, to talk about things that we're thankful for um, this year. Um, and we're going to keep it relatively short because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's a holiday episode. So, um, Stephen, Seth, do you want to, one of you want to get started? Anything right on the, the top of your head that you want to uh, express some thanks for? You want to go, Stephen? I can go if you if you want. It's up to you. Yeah, go right ahead. You go ahead. Okay. So when Travis suggested this, uh, what immediately jumped into my head were two things. One in which I've alluded to before on this podcast, which is my financial situation with regards to coming from where I came from in 2006. To rehearse that story really quickly. In 2006, I left LA to move to London to work on a PhD at Birkbeck College. It took me until uh, essentially 2015 because uh, the PhD was referred not once, but twice. So that means that when the Viva came up, the examiners saw enough in the work that I had done to say, this could be a PhD thesis, but it's not quite there yet. So we're going to give so you... You should, you should say what a viva is, because there's probably uh, people who right. say that. Uh, it's uh, the UK version of a defense, of a PhD right. defense, mm -hmm. uh, where they basically sit down in, in a room with you and they say, we've read this thoroughly. We're scholars in your field. Here's where we think this is what we think of, of your intellectual production. Mm -hmm. So they referred it twice. They referred it first in 2000, I think it was 10 or 11. No, it was 10. Uh, uh, or maybe it was 10, 11. Uh, and I left London then because I couldn't stay. Came back to the U.S., spent two years living on my friend Lawrence's couch, uh, uh, where he um, helped me, supported me financially, um, even fed me. Um, um, for part of that time until I got on my feet, 
finally got the PhD done again in 2000, I think it was 14, and Mm -hmm. then submitted it, no, 2015. And that Mm -hmm. November, by that November, they had read it again and and finally conferred the PhD on me. Mm -hmm. Since that time, since essentially 2006, I've been dirt poor. There have been um, several, several months where I really didn't know how I was going to make it. Mm-hmm. And this is the first year since that time that I have enough money in my account, enough of a cushion that I finally, I'm in a place where I'm not, I'm just not worried mm-hmm. right now. I'm not anxious about paying mm-hmm. bills or making it through to the next month. And a lot of it has I, actually this year is because I've I've taken on extra work outside of hyperallergic and Parsons is I've taken on writing uh, 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 catalog essays for a few mm-hmm. diff- a couple of different artists, and I've been invited to do panels and uh, moderate talks in galleries, and I get paid for that, of course. Mm-hmm. So I've been I, I mean part of the reason why I've been so crazy busy this fall is that I'm in addition to doing all the work I do for hyperallergic, which is in itself a full-time job and the teaching, I'm also doing these other things, but in, in very sort of concrete ways, this Mm -hmm. work is, this work is paying off. And it is also the first year where I can see myself having real conversations with myself and with other people about this thing we call a career. Like I'm actually developing a career as an art critic. There's mm-hmm. a, there's a way mm-hmm. in which people reach out to me uh, and request things from me that they didn't two years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel that kind of it's not even there's a particular word for this. It's not respect. It's maybe maybe it's recognition, mm, a kind okay. of recognition. Yes, that I take some measure of self-worth from. Okay. Right? It's not the whole thing. But mm-hmm. I see I see how people respect my position in the art ecosystem. Uh and and I'm appreciative of that. I I'm mm-hmm. I'm absolutely deeply mm-hmm. grateful to finally be at this stage in my life where it's not just and I and both of you I know really get this. Mm-hmm. It's not just that I'm doing things that I'm being monetarily recompensed for is that I'm doing something that I'm good at and something Mm -hmm. I actually like to do. Like Mm -hmm. I want to talk about art, right? Okay. I want to go see work and talk about how it's meaningful. Mm -hmm. That's work I want to do. So being in this place in my life now where all those things are somehow meeting in that sort of that space in the Venn diagram, you know, what my desire, my social recognition, being mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. being paid well for it, that's all kind of coming together. That's mm-hmm. a big. That's a big deal. That's wonderful. Yeah. yeah, that is a that is something to that's beautiful to, mm-hmm. to take a moment to take stock in and, and feel some thanks for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Quite beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Stephen. Do you so? <laughs> So I started this conversation in my head with you both several times since you mentioned it uh, via text. And so I think I'll go with the easiest one. But um, Seth's rise excites me in a way because of my last year where 
I started learning how to make a film through Thorough World mm-hmm. Newsreels production mm-hmm. workshop, which I'm eternally grateful for because it is pushing me and pushing and, and making me feel uncomfortable in ways where I'm uncomfortable. I have to learn how to not just technically learn to edit, lighting, you know, uh, footage, sound, all of it, but also learn how to imagine a film in ways that I had not previously thought that it was going to be this way. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so there was a conversation I was having with Travis um, before this broadcast about how impatient I am mm-hmm. to want to get the thing that I set out to do the way I want to see it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that when it doesn't work out, I feel like I throw myself on the ground. I'm just angry and frustrated. Mm-hmm. And how I feel very adolescent and very mm-hmm. um, very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. I'm like, no. And so out in a for example, it'll be a week where I'm working on, I'll go out and I'll be speaking about archives and talking to groups of people where, as Travis put it, I'm the adult in the room. I'm comfortable mm-hmm. with the material, the theories. I've got, I got a few of my own. People are talking with me. It's great. I get paid. I leave. Mm-hmm. Um, then I come back to the editing suite and I go, ah, God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> How did I even... <laughs> What is this footage? What am I trying to do here? You know, and that, and and to be fair, I was speaking with Travis about this as well. Where I'm like, some days it's great. I'm learning how to do it. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just go over here. I'm looking at DaVinci um, Resolve and looking at examples. I'm like, oh yeah, I'll try this and I'll move this Mm -hmm. over here. And other times it's almost like half down the middle. I am a child, you know, Mm -hmm. and a very, um, very um, petulant and silly child. (laughs) And so what Travis mentioned was that he didn't know. Could you say it, Travis? I don't want to mix it, mess it up. Sure. What the, you mean the part just about the necessity of it? The necessity of it, but the emotional part of it, where yeah, you didn't see yeah. how anything you cared about or that you invest in would not result in this kind of. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'd say, and I, the analogy that I had given Stephen was just watching my my youngest son, mm-hmm. Dean, who's just recently turned six. Uh, he he is a very solid artist now mm. but started with shit skills i mean like even for other kids like his age like he was just like couldn't like really hold the pencil and like travis like, making was, these like spastic motions right now <laughs> yeah, like, you know and that's and that's where he started like a year ago mm. and but he gets very 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 upset dad does this have perspective dad does this wow. look three-dimensional wow Dad, does mm-hmm. this, you know, Carnotaurus look right? And like, n- n- well, it's a little, not really. Ah! Ah! He gets like really <laughs> mad. And he like will go in his room and uh, like throw the pencil and like, no, no. no. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and and I, I was telling Stephen, like, I don't, but, but yet, like where you look where he's at now from mm-hmm. where he was a year ago, mm-hmm. I don't think that you can pull that emotional volatility out. I don't think it can mm. be pulled out from the process mm-hmm. of of artistic creation mm-hmm. uh, and by, by making right artistic mm. in the broad broadest sense, like of you know back mm-hmm. to the Greek of poeian, like mm. to like to make right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like to make things to hew things out of the world with tools, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Whatever those tools may be, requires that emote not 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 is not as an unfortunate byproduct of, but literally is the fuel by which you accomplish those things. Mm-hmm. Mm. And and I think that's true no matter how old you are. 
Mm. And so it's, you know, I, I was just trying, you know, I was talking to Stephen about it and just relating to <laughs> how, like, you feel like as an adult, part of the uh, process of maturation is losing touch with that emotional volatility. Yeah. It's not that it goes away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't go away. Mm, no. Like that's why that's why divorcees at 40 or 50 are fucking stupid teenagers again because yeah. now they're dealing now they're dealing with the emotional volatility okay. of romantic insecurity. Mm. Cuz it's like right there. It's mm. waiting for yeah, you. There it is. It's right there. It's right there. Mm. Yeah, but you uh-huh. but you you make these moves as an, as an adult that puts you out of touch with that. And so Stephen I was saying is is, is in touch with that again. Mm. Right. And you just can't do anything about that other than use it. <laughs> right. You know, use right. it as, as fuel. And I'm right. so grateful for it. It's amazing. Mm. It's wonderful. And it's no, it's just a joke. But in short, mm. I am grateful for it, but I'm also terribly uncomfortable with it. Yeah. And sure, to wrap this yeah. up very briefly, I'm very mm. grateful for the people who have hired me this year mm. to do work at their colleges and universities. I'm very grateful mm. for my son, Andre, who has always supported my work. Mm. Um, and my best friend, Carla, who I can talk to, who is just very no nonsense and very straightforward, who rarely ever leads me down a path. Even if I can't see the end of the alley or the end of the street, she mm. already knows or she bets. And if we don't, if it doesn't work out the way we planned, we can laugh about it. So mm. I'm really grateful mm. for her laughter and her her insights and her, her, her love. And then I just have an amazing group of friends and family. So mm. I'm grateful for all of those things. And... Yeah, I'm grateful for all those things, and I hope to be useful to those people, my friends and families, um, in the years to come. Mm, amen. Um, yeah, thank you for that. So you 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 flipped the order. I was I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> flip the order and and talk about the things that I'm most grateful for in brief. I mean, most grateful for by miles and miles, right? So I mean, mm-hmm. uh, my my family, my wife, uh, my two sons, my parents, mm-hmm. my in laws. Uh, I. Um, they make me a better human being. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and it's not their responsibility to make me a better human being, mm-hmm. but my my relationships with them do, I feel, make me a better human being. Uh, I'm very grateful for this, for the podcast, um, and uh, for where it's come from. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was so bad. The first episode <laughs> was so awful. Um, uh, this was before you jumped on, Stephen, but it was, and I and I was the worst of the bad. Like, I was way worse than Seth was. Well, so. I, was I was about to say, you know, I'm, I'm sitting my hair, Travis. You know that, right? You see me, motherfucker, right? Like, no, you know, like, <laughs> no, no, no. I was so much worse than you were uh, in the first episode. Just, just awful. Um, and I'm grateful, you know, uh, uh, Chris, who's our sound engineer, um, has dramatically improved uh, the podcast and his involvement mm-hmm. is, uh, is indispensable to the projects that we're doing with the American Age. And I'm very grateful for all of that to be able to do something uh, quixotic, right? The project of the American Age is absurdly large and mm-hmm. um, ridiculously ambitious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I'm grateful to be at a point in my life where I can do something um, foolish like that. Nice. So nice. those are the things that I am the most grateful for. But so I want to I want to do something slightly more provocative, uh, and I am actually grateful for the election of Donald Trump mm. um, okay. because it woke me the fuck up. Mm. I was <sighs> I was way 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 too complacent um, about mm. history and this country um, and culture and. Um, uh, progress in general. Mm-hmm. And, uh, if, 
if uh, Trump had not been elected president following the Obama presidencies, I would have moved along in a happy malaise. I would not have started the American age. Hmm. Um, And um, I, uh, the problem was always there and lurking. It would have been left um, dormant for my children or, you know, certainly the people that come after them Mm -hmm. Uh, because uh, there is something altogether um, alien and strange and precarious about um, this many human beings uh, getting on and identifying themselves with a common purpose. Uh, mm-hmm. It's just uh, we are so uh, fiercely unique and selfish and self-involved mm-hmm. and gloriously so. Right. I mm-hmm. mean, gloriously so. And um, and that cooperation amongst that many people uh, is really, 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 really fucking hard mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, was never going to be handed to us. And um, and I think that uh, I think that Trump's election is something that I am actually grateful for mm-hmm. uh, um, as as odd as that is to say and as mm-hmm. uh, as incensed as i am on a daily basis uh with his behavior mm-hmm. um thank you donald trump for uh waking me up yeah mm-hmm. you know what? i want to follow up on that um and buttress that point by saying there's a basketball an- analyst who i really respect uh he does that show on tnt with charles barkley and shaquille o'neal kenny kenny smith kenny the jet smith he is one of the i think he's the smartest person actually uh, in in the room with uh, among Shaq and um, Charles and EJ, um, who directs the program or runs it, I think. He and he says he he has said this about particular players over the years. I've listened or watched the program. He said that this particular player is really integral to the team because he puts the other players in their right places. And he could be talking about a point guard. He could be talking about a shooting guard. He could t- be talking about a small forward, whatever. Mm-hmm. But he. I think it's typically uh, uh, among the guards um, that that's someone of that caliber rises out of the ranks. He puts the other players in their right places. And maybe Trump is like that. Maybe he puts us in some ways in our right places or in our right mindsets. Like he is so Mm. egregious. He's so obviously (laughs) a kind of expression of America's adolescent id Mm -hmm. that he makes us realize what our politics really are and right. mm-hmm. what our principles, our core, core principles really are mm-hmm. uh, because he makes the realities uh, that are the, the consequences of those principles really stark. Mm-hmm. Very, very yeah. well said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Actually, that helps. Um, that helps me articulate like how I feel about that. I think he, I think he does put us in our right places and he, he, mm-hmm. he clarifies the field. Mm-hmm. Exactly. People's positions on it. For sure. I love, yeah. I love the fact that, I mean, I love this, maybe it's too strong a word, but I really like the fact that now I say like, I see you with the MAGA hat. I get it. Like I got, I got <laughs> you. I got you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Like, okay. You're mm-hmm. like half a step away from being a white nationalist. Like I get it. Like you, mm-hmm. or you're fully there. Like I, I get it. Cause if you sup- that attitude of America first and America as defined <laughs> by white straightness, 
maleness, um, middle, maleness, middle classness, and living in the sort of middle of the country. I get it. Like your definition of America is, and mine, and ooh, we are not going to get along. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. good to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Stephen, do you want to finish? We got a couple minutes left. We were going to try and make this a shorter podcast. So, Stephen, do you want to finish this? Yeah. Take so? yeah. Oh, wow, I'm still like marinating on the MAGA hat. <laughs> and <I was> thinking, <laughs> the wrench I was going to throw into it was that symbol allows you to do the very thing that I'm sure you don't want to do or want put on you. Is like, look at a black man. This is how he is, mm-hmm. and so forth. So the yeah. signifier can never be the truth. Uh, fair enough. So that's good all I want to say. Yeah. Good point. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I second Stevens. Uh, yeah. I second Stevens. So. Of course you do. I'm the smartest person in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it's coffee, people. It's just coffee. I, 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 would, I would like to note that Steven is sitting alone in his apartment. <laughs> Very good. Very good with a MAGA hat on. <laughs> so all right. anyway, uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you very much for the time. Thank you. Definitely. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks a lot.